Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Pitch free throws because they are for Joshua Fisher, Alexander Tossmi, Rock, Desopolis, and DJ, Nikki, Snacks, Kreider. Gentlemen, there has been a year plus of speculation on the Deshaun Watson situation. We finally have our answer coming down from the NFL today. He has to accept this. It's an 11-game ban rather than the six-game ban initially put forth, plus $5 million fine. I know we never look at the fines of players and owners, and we always think it is chump change. And if you look at his $200 million-plus guaranteed contract, kind of is a bit pennies. But $5 million is a steep price, plus the 11 games ban. What are your guys' initial reactions? Too much? Not enough? Surprised? What does this mean for the Browns this season? Now, he's not banned for the full season. He still have seven, or sorry, six more games to play this year. And I think that this is a team with the rest of the roster that could potentially contend. So do they do go get Jimmy G? want to put all those questions in front of you guys. Plus the playoffs, too, if they make the playoffs, considering yeah. they make it, right? Because if yeah. there's six games left in the season, let's say that whoever they have at the helm has got them to a point where they're at least competitive, then there's six extra games left with a good quarterback and then playoff time, and there's an extra wildcard team as well. So um, I still don't think it's enough, if I'm being completely honest. I mean, it's an extra five games. 11 seems kind of obscure mm. in terms of you know adding five more games to the slate. $5 million also seems kind of low, considering he's making $230 million. The flip side of all this is innocent until proven guilty. There hasn't been any formal trial or anything where he's been admitted guilt or been proven that he's guilty. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in the sense that this could all be premature just because he hasn't really been found guilty in, you know, the court of law. In terms of Jimmy G getting brought over, I think the asking price got a little bit higher just considering what they're going to be asking of him. And then also because there's another suitor in the mix with the Jets, with Zach Wilson going down. So there's just like a multitude of things, but you know, the longer this drags out, you know, the more I'm, I'm seeing that maybe Jimmy G doesn't go. Cause if you want to get rid of Jimmy G or if Jimmy G goes to a new destination or your team that wants to bring him in, wouldn't you want to get him in as soon as possible? So he learns the playbook quicker and mm. he's got more time to mesh and gel with his team. I mean, we're sitting here and we're a little less than three weeks out from the first regular season game clock yeah. is ticking. Yeah, I mean, the teams that could go get Jimmy G conceivably, Seahawks, Texans, 
looks like they've made their beds. They're either going to you know surprise some people, which any given Sunday, but experts say doubtful, or they're going to tank and be in a position to get C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, the two top fish heading into the college football season. And I don't doubt, barring injury, that they will be the two top fish when we finish the college football season. Um, as far as if they want to go and take a quarterback. Now, we all have a little stock. We have a share house on Davis Mills Island. I don't think we have individual properties. It's, kind of, it's like a charity stripe. Hey, like you have your family has it one week and my family has the next week. Timeshare. Timeshare. Thank Yeah, timeshare. And then we Airbnb it um, for the weekends that we can make some profit. But if if the Texans are in a position, they could go get Will Anderson and so on and so forth. I, I think the Jets are out of the mix. I think they like Joe. I think they have Joe Flacco, who's not Jimmy G. But he's boring, less handsome Jimmy G, not as talented Jimmy G. He's like done the whole thing that Jimmy G's done, right? A guy that we think is not that great, but is a winner. Gone to the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl. Sorry, he's won. So he's yeah. technically, I th- right? I think he's, he's the guy he, right now. Like Joe Flacco is not that. elite, but is he more elite than Jimmy G? Potentially, yeah. I he's think older. He's, res- he's older. I, yes. I think I think his capabilities are way more limited than Jimmy G. Jimmy G's in his prime right now. Of course, I yes, of course. But I think the differentiation between the Jets and the Browns, which is we all know, and not competitive. Is, right, and so it's are you okay? But do, with- but do the Jets know that though? I feel like the Jets are kind of putting on this contender mask that they think that they might actually sniff a chance. Adding all I these mean, new the, wide receivers, you know, this, the the defense is getting a little bit of an upgrade. Coach has a second year under his belt. I mean, they could definitely shock some people. I don't think that they're going to be the worst team in the NFL. No, no, they're but the they're, worst team in their division. The worst team in the division, though, still. And they also have potentially the best team in the NFL in that division. They have the Patriots, who never really miss a beat, even if you know they're not the Patriots from five years ago, but. And the Dolphins, who are also supposed to be better this year, just like the Jets are supposed to be better. So I think mm-hmm. for me, it's we bring up the Deshaun Watson thing, the Jimmy G, even if he doesn't know the playbook, even if he's slotted it only for 11 games in Cleveland, as you guys said two weeks ago, to me that makes the most sense because he's still he's a better quarterback as it stands, whether he knows the playbook or not, than what the Browns currently are, are rolling out. Um, under center in the gun. So it, it makes sense there. And then it's just Jimmy G is, is, you know, doing a one year pit stop in Cleveland until he finds his next situation, which if that's not what he wants, I think the 49 and the 49ers aren't able to get what they want. Then he won't end up in Cleveland because they still have a good relationship and they're not mm-hmm. going to, they're not going to take just, anything for him right they, they want something substantial whether that's you know a third round pick which like to them would be very substantial if that's what they can yeah. get for him can uh, they even you know, give that, that up anymore like what draft capital they've traded like half the draft to sean watson yeah to have the draft, but just first round picks well i mean yeah the texans here are the biggest winner of this whole thing they're sitting here with Deshaun in the 11 game suspension and they still get all these first round picks which is great for their future but I talked to a 49ers reporter pretty recently, and they said that Jimmy G has a better chance of getting released than getting traded. I I think that's not a I think it's a fair point because you get to the position like we're discussing, like what's the value? Like we like the value you can't 
he's better than a six round pick. I mean, a lot of the times, a lot of these guys are like Amari Cooper's better than a six round pick. And that's what he went for. We see that time and time again, but you know, you want to demand that from Cleveland, but I don't know. I don't necessarily know if they're going to give that up, maybe a fourth in the future. I do think his best chance, because I think that team fits them because toss you, I think in a one-off, like just when we were hanging out, like we were talking about imagine if Jimmy G is the quarterback, what that would mean for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt from a fantasy perspective. You know, I, I think Jimmy G is a proven guy that he's a great game manager and that this team's true identity in Cleveland is to run the football. Same. I also think with the New York jets, I think the New York jets have a good one, two punch, good young one, two punch with, with hall and Michael Carter. Like Hall obviously is going to be the clear cut back. He was fantastic at Iowa State, but Michael Carter ain't no slouch. He's been overlooked with Javonta Williams, but he was excellent at North Carolina. He was solid last year. He had some great spurts for the Jets. I think their identity as well with all the receivers they've added is to run the football. Unfortunately, I was just having this thought because we're Longhorns and the New York Jets kind of remind me of Texas. Don't say that. Sorry, Please don't ever say that. I just it just came to me because they have all these new toys. Everyone's focusing on the offense, but yeah. really the focal point needs to be the defense. Okay, but just in terms of like a history, please don't ever say that the Texas Longhorns actually win. Yeah. Hey, look, Mark Sanchez, baby, he's he wants the AFC Championship back to back years. Yeah, and the Longhorns won a national championship. Yeah, it's true. They've... I think that was the last time the Jets won a Super Bowl. Shout out Joe, to Joe Namath. Namath. Number Super Bowl three, baby. Hey, look, at least they won in a fur coat. Like Joe name with one in the in the coat you're wearing right now. I would love for the Browns' sake, though. I don't even know if I could say I would love because I think they kind of deserve this. They brought they completely brought them upon this. They brought this upon themselves. I think the Panthers, by the way, could have lucked out maybe the most because if you're the Panthers and Baker works out, and then all of a sudden you had a franchise QB. Like, what if? What if it's the Baker of two years ago and last season was, yeah, because Baker was hurt and he needed a fresh start and he had the he had the Odell semi-distraction in the mix and the Browns kicked him to the curb, brushed him aside. He's in Carolina now and he's their guy. Totally overtakes Darnold. McCaffrey's fully healthy. DJ Moore, a guy who we think is very underrated and like has a, has a pop-off season. They have Terrace Marshall there. Like they have some guys. Robbie like Anderson Ikea, who didn't want him. <laughs> didn't want him yet. Ikki Okono, though, like he proves to he's already their starting left tackle, proves to be an absolute steal and, and, and a gold mine in the draft, similar like a Tristan Worfs type deal. And they hit a home run there. Their defense has a lot of good pieces. Like this is a Panthers team. I'm not saying he's winning the Super Bowl, but can be solid, like can be competitive. They could be competitive in some games. They have a lot of talent over there. And, and the sneaky winner of this whole thing could be the Carolina Panthers. Browns got greedy, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think it was a freezing cold take to say that the Panthers aren't winning the Super Bowl this year. But I do agree with Thank you, you. On, on on all your points. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it was a, you know sometimes you got to give the people some ice. You know this isn't Europe. You know we don't like lukewarm water. It's been a hot summer. Yeah, some some ice will will do some people well. Yeah, absolutely. But I think you know I'm I will say this. I am glad the Deshaun Watson situation. Finally over. over. I just love it. I still don't think it's over, but I I think we definitely have a little bit more clarity now. I just hate when things drag in sports. I hate it. Like, I hate the KD drag. Like, remember, like, throughout the week, he's going to retire before he plays for the Nets, which was maybe one of the dumbest speculations in the history of speculations. Like, 
I wish that I wish that problem would be resolved. I don't think the Spider Mitchell thing is the same situation because he's not begging to leave. But I wish the KD saga would just come to an end already. Like either move him to the Heat, move him to Philly somehow, or don't and call it a day. And both teams reconcile, both parties reconcile. It's just cumbersome, you know. And I just, yeah, again, I'm, I'm very at least glad that we have a res, somewhat of a resolution to the Deshaun Watson situation. And I like Jacoby Brissett. Once a Patriot, always a Patriot. So I'll be pulling for him if Jimmy G, and imagine that, him and Jimmy G back together again over in Cleveland. That'd be yeah, great. I, think they're, I, I mean, I think they're all still friends. He and, and Brady, Jimmy, and Jacoby. Like, I think they still keep in touch. They, you they know, every now. Yeah, David every now and then I see some some photos of the crew, the former Pats QBs, all former Pats, none of them on the Pats anymore. Josh, how does that make you feel? You sad? No, because if we could get into the Patriots a little bit, you know, we touched on the Panthers. There's a lot oh, of God. fights. There was a fight. There was no. What do you mean? Oh, God, <laughs> bro. You know, we could diatribe about the Pirate, the Padres all day, but I think we could give some, the Patriots some love. I think that with New England, because it was a big story this week, a lot of fights broken out of camp. I love the fire and the identity, the young identity that's coming to this team. Mac Jones was one of the guys that instigated the fights. I can't repeat what he said on, you know, radio. Paraphrase. He basically told him to hold his jock strap in a paraphrase. He told Brian Burns, who's one of the best, if not probably the best defensive player the Panthers have. Fantastic edge player, you know, after a touchdown. And I'm into that. You know, typically when you think of the, I mean, now we've come to become accustomed to Tom Brady's fieriness and his, you know, well-deserved cocky attitude in some senses is, is modestly cocky. If you, if you could, you know, juxtapose those words go together, but I like Mac Jones coming in as a fiery second year guy. This is, and he deserves to be. So he took his team as a rookie to the playoffs. Like you're saying really didn't miss that much of a beat. It's not like the you know it's not like the Pats won the Super Bowl and Brady was gone the next year. They also got bounced by the Titans right away at home. So in Brady's last year in New England, so Mac Jones coming into the season with the Patriots, I'm looking to see him make this his team. It's always going to be the Patriot way, but I, I I truthfully want there's so much attention being given to Zach Wilson and what he could be. You know there's so much attention for Trey Lance who really hasn't been a starting quarterback this year. I think people are overlooking Mac Jones's potential. And again, a lot of it is right place, right time. Patriots are ready to have a quarterback. And I think it's like, you know, kind of, we brought up the Seahawks earlier. If the Seahawks get CJ Stroud, I think they're going to be in a good position because I think they're a team that's bad, but I don't think their roster as a whole is quite terrible. Well, I think part of the discussion of the quarterbacks the sophomore quarterbacks has to do with their skill set and what their talent peak could be. Right. And I think that Zach Wilson and Trey Lance can both do things and have physical tools that Mac Jones doesn't have. Now that doesn't yeah. mean that they're going to be better NFL quarterbacks right now. Mac Jones is ahead of them because he takes care of the ball and he's more efficient at running an offense. And yeah, you know, we talked about it, I think, last week with Zach Wilson and its turnovers. And that's something that when he gets healthy, he's going to need to reduce. Trey Lance in his small sample size was pretty impressive with what he did, especially with his legs. And so I think like 
I understand why more people are talking about Zach Wilson and Trey Lance right now because it's more people are inclined to talk about Maseratis than they are a Toyota Avalon. But the Toyota Avalon gets you 180,000 miles and runs for a really long time and hardly ever needs more. a tune up. So, more. yeah, yeah. I, look, you can put Mac Jones. It's, I was looking at Kenny Pickett. So, we're, we're also we're going to get into fantasy in our second segment. He's getting some hype. Yeah. A lot of these guys, a lot of people's opinions and level of excitement are also come from, especially this time of year, from a fantasy football perspective. People are excited about Justin Fields and Trey Lance as well. Jack Jones will never be a top six quarterback in fantasy. No, probably never a top 10. And will Kenny Pickett? Maybe not either. Like, I don't look at him and I go, ooh, that's a fantasy future right there. No, he's probably never going to jump Mahomes, Herbert, Burrow, Lamar, Kyler, Trey Lance from what, with the small sample size we've seen what we're expecting. When Deshaun Watson does come back, he's not going to jump. These guys are all young guys. They're going to be in the league for a very long time. He's not going to. I mean, Matt, Matthew guys. Stafford, super winning QB in some fantasy leagues, I think could possibly be a backup or a stream streamer candidate, which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Jalen Hurts. Like, we all love Jalen. We all see the potential there. But I don't think anybody regards him as a top 12 quarterback in the league. From like a you know just from like a quarterback standpoint, but fantasy wise, probably he'll probably top. be a top five QB in every yep. league, Take and it. his job is on the line. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we didn't even mention Josh Allen, who's the number one fantasy quarterback. But I look at Kenny Pickett, and PFF graded the worst quarterback last year as Ben Roethlisberger, and they went to the playoffs. Trubisky seems to have the job right now, but what if Pickett, you know? ends up getting grasped on the job. If, if, if Trubisky either a loses it before, you know, week one, or he doesn't pan out. How, how long is the leash here for Trubisky? Yeah. Not long at all. This is his second stint. And you just drafted a guy in the first round. who's was a hometown kid. I get it. But at the same time, it's like, if you have a roster, which the Steelers do, that's competitive enough to make the playoffs. Cause they went last year. Yeah. Based off their defense. And they still have got weapons as well. Yeah. Great, great, great running back. You know, they've got good receivers then you have to have some stability as Texas Longhorns. We know it best. You can't have a, a quarterback carousel the entire season. You got to figure it out really soon. So if they're going to roll with Trubisky, then I would say they got to give him at least four games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, four games, but if they're one and three after the four games, he's getting, Oh no, yeah, for sure. No, hundred percent. But I mean, I don't think one or two weeks really, no, I mean, no, no, no. unless I'm he's just... throwing, unless he's throwing like three to five picks every game. But I don't well, see that happening. I'm just saying that this is a situation where Kenny Pickett beats him outright in camp. Like that's yeah. a situation. Well, it doesn't have a ton of time left. Doesn't have a ton of time. And I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't think they're gonna I don't think they're gonna I don't think Trubisky's terrible. I don't think they're gonna be in a position where they have to just roll Kenny Pickett out right away. But he's a guy, I look at him, I go, This is the perfect situation. And he may never be a top tier fantasy quarterback, but he could be a quarterback that goes in and wins you games because of where he's gone and Mike Tomlin's literal inability to have a bad season. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's never had a losing record. This guy. He's, I mean, I'd love to say that he might go down as a top ten, top five greatest coach of all time. At least that we've seen. He hasn't won enough. I mean, he's only gotten one Super Bowl, but at the same time, he's he's just a ridiculous coach. I think every single player that ever plays for him just loves him to death. He really knows how to motivate a team. Like you just said, he has just this wild inability, inability to ever have a bad season. It's it's just unfathomable. I mean, he's really stood the test of time, and he's been with that one team his entire career. Yeah. Obviously, obviously, you know, 
winning this the Super Bowl is the most meaningful thing that you can do as a coach. But if you look at from an owner's perspective, to never have a losing season and to keep what is already a historic franchise and a massive fan base happy by being in contention every year, that's huge, right? You're, I you're, mean, he's you're doing exactly what you need to be doing as a head coach. He's also yeah. only 50. Yeah, I mean, he's he's already seen Heinz Field turn into a Creaser Field. I mean, that's being at a, at a team for a very long time. What is that? I hate that. Yeah, it's terrible. It's a bad name. It does like, not roll off the tongue. No. I mean, you, I thought I thought I thought you did a solid job. I would have been, I would have been lost in space. Nick Creaser. <laughs> it's close. It's close, dude. It's close. What even is a Creaser? They I don't are, know. They're an insurance company. Boo. Always is insurance, dude. Always is. It's always an insurance company. Is there an Aflac? Is Aflac? Progressive. No. Is there a Progressive? Uh, there's Progressive Field. That's yeah. twins, right? Yeah. 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 Right on. Yeah, I mean, it always makes sense. Well, I mean, I feel like the Ducks are missing a big opportunity to have the Aflac Arena, right? Yeah, I mean, that is definitely a, a misbo. They should definitely get involved there. And we can discuss more of that in just a hot sec. We get back for our second segment over here where the charity stripe pitcher free throws do not go anywhere. It's the charity stripe. Pitcher free throws because they're free. Joshua Fisher, Alexander, Tossman, Rock, Kasopoulos, Nikki, Snacks, Kreider. We we're talking about stadium names, missed opportunities. Uh, let's talk about potentially some more missed opportunities here, fellas. Fantasy football. How many leagues are you guys in to start, by the way? And also, what are some of your initial gut check reactions, strategies, things you're looking for right now? I'm in a dynasty league at the moment, so that's a bit different. But I've started another. Do you guys, first of all have you guys ever been in a position where you've done a rolling draft? No, I think that's kind of lame. I kind of like the idea of sitting down one night and doing it all right there, so you can process the whole team at the end of the draft. Mm-hmm. I I agree. I think it's I think it's certain. I have not done it before. I think it's more fun to do it um, in one sitting. But I do understand people have busy schedules, and sometimes the rolling draft can benefit, um, you know, the league at large and just getting it done. The interesting Pe- thing is normally it has to happen really early, right? So yeah, things can. What time did you start that? Yeah, or like what day did you start it? The dynasty one, dude. Yeah, two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, like people already complain enough about the clock on or the timer on draft day that's too long when it's like a minute long, and they want to move it down to thirty seconds. You're telling me yeah. that each pick t- takes what, like probably an average of three days. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's no, like we can move like around takes like a, a long time. Like I'm in two right now on the sleep wrap. Sleep wrap's kind of cool. You're on two, two rolling drafts. Yeah. My college league and this dynasty league that I'm in. I mean, first of all, the guy that recruited me to the dynasty league was like, you know, because there's like Texas guys, there's Los Angeles guys. He's like, your connections and ties to Los Angeles and Texas and your knowledge of the game makes you a great candidate for this league if you choose to accept. It's like, dude, like, are we drafting guys to be good on Sundays and sometimes Thursdays and Mondays or we going to invade Iraq? Like, what was that message? You just ask me if I want to be in a league or not. You know what I'm saying? Like, this so was so intense. But like, I mean, the Dynasty League – it's funny because it's like supposed to be a rolling draft. You pick whenever. Like we have so much time, 
And that sounds like, like if Kendall Roy was like the the commissioner of a league. Yeah, I mean, like the we have so much time, yet everyone like when you don't pick is on you. And some guy yesterday in the group text was finally like, sorry that I'm living my life rather than making our 700th pick. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's so true. Like, whatever. Like, I just, you know, I mean, you guys know me in fantasy. I always make like my team name something ridiculous about someone in the league's mother. And like the person's mother, I just made my team name in this league just finally realized the other day. So that was also a really nice comeuppance. But in that league, I went Jamar, I had the third pick. I went Jamar Chase who I think is a valuable top 10 pick. And then we went Herbert on the background. And then Kamara, who looks like he's going to be able to play the entire season. I know that's a big worry of a lot of people. Uh, you have Mark Ingram as the handcuff there. And Abram Smith, a guy we like to Baylor, rookie. I just, going through the draft, and I know a lot of leagues are with three wide receiver sets, but I still think there's so much depth of the wide receiver position. There always I, is. There always is. And I know there's so many question marks like surrounding like the running backs. Like Jonathan Taylor, by and large, seems to be the top guy you got to take. I don't think there's much of a question. Yeah. I mean, there's a, a multitude of reasons why, too. He has a great season, but I think number one is he's been able to stay healthy more than any of these other running backs. Well, that's the thing. That's the well, only I thing that the, to go. I think format is everything, though, right? Yeah. Like if whether because you're in a standard league. Of course, Jonathan Taylor's the pick based off of how many touchdowns he scored last year. And I expect that there will be a, probably a slight regression, but maybe not. I mean, based yeah, off maybe. of Matt Ryan being the quarterback, I think we all like him more than Carson Wentz. But I think, you know, standard takes you one way, half point, which I think most leagues are and most leagues should be, um, takes you in another direction. And then PPR is just no man's land. I mean, that completely changes the game. And I even think that people would people would have some contention with JT as the number one pick because when McCaffrey is healthy and he's coming into the season healthy, even in spurts last year, when he was between being injured and being on the field, he always performs when he's on the field. It's, just, it's just so hard to trust that number one overall though, you know, cause he's had back-to-back seasons where he's gone out. I just, I wouldn't do it in my opinion. If he was there at like pick number three, maybe a little bit, you know, more enticing, but it's just so tough when you have back-to-back serious injuries. And to devil's advocate, my what I said at the top, I would probably take Justin Jefferson over over McCaffrey. Yeah, if it's like, if it's a full if it's a full PPR. Yeah, yeah, JJ, yeah. I mean, he just to me, first of all, JJ could be the best. Could go down at the end of the season as the best receiver in the league. Or if you're in a, a super flex league and you have two QBs, right? Josh Allen has mm-hmm. to be the first pick, I think. He just went first, so ours, our the one I'm in now is 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 two QBs. 10 teams and there's three picks that have been made josh allen jt and herbert have been the three picks in a row so like what i'm seeing a lot of i'm getting more and more enticed at the back end because my other leagues like i'm in so many different leagues that we're i'm not in a league anymore by the way where it's just your typical qb two rbs three wide receivers tight end flat whatever where you just draft normally restart every year the california league we're in is 10 teams two qbs which i think if it's a 10 team league there's enough good quarterbacks where it should be two qbs and everyone could have a backup to run in there the other one in college is two qbs with ridiculous rules we're starting to drop kickers across the board my home league is a keeper league where i've kept 
CD Lamb for a fourth and Josh Allen for a sixth. And now I'm drafting at the back end, but Jonathan Taylor has been kept. Cooper Cup's been kept. Who else? There's other guys. I mean, there's another couple guys at the top that Chamar Chase and Justin Jefferson are all kept. I'm looking at Travis Kelsey. What do you guys think of him at the back end of the first round? I think his stock went up because now Mahomes has one less weapon out there, one less safety blanket, and I feel like Kelsey probably gets an extra two or three receptions a game now. Mm-hmm. Are you and, looking at that? Yeah. I was just going to say, and potentially more touchdowns too, right? Sure. Definitely. He's the number one red zone target in the AFC. Yeah. What are you looking at from a standpoint on that? We could just kind of, you know, Peter between teams. Obviously, Mahomes, Kelsey, or Kelsey's the top 10 end. Mahomes is a top three to four quarterback being taken. The loss of Tyreek Hill are, are, are scaring some people. You have MVS, Juju, who at a point was a first-round talent, back-end first-round, early second-round talent. Nicole Hardman, who's been there the entire time. And toss your shit. I mean, I'm with you. I no, think I, if, I, the only guys I'm drafting on that team are – Mahomes and Kelsey, I'd I'd have Juju as like, if it's a really three wide receivers and a flex, okay, maybe he's your flex, or maybe he's a bench guy that you kind of wait and see on, or and then I'm not touching MVS, I'm not touching Cole Hardman, they're viable streamer candidates, but they're going to be what McCall Hardman and Demarcus Robinson have been for the last years, where every now and then they'll have a game where they have two catches for seventy yards and a touchdown. Right, which is fine. Yeah, but where but do those not... touches go, though? Where does Hill's touches go? Do they just get dispersed between those well, three Ed, guys? Ed, I think, think. Edward Tillaire is yeah. my is my other guy that I would draft and be starting as a running back. But those are really yeah. they those definitely four get the, guys. They definitely get the the running backs involved a lot more this year, in my opinion, and especially with Alaire getting a little bit more healthy and they're utilizing him more correctly. You know, they have a. A backup running back that can actually do the more inside the tackle runs and you know throw the screen passes or the out routes to uh, mm-hmm. Clyde. Yeah, this Pacheco guy is getting a, the rookie for the Chiefs. He's getting a lot of love. I mean, they also look at Jones. Like I, I'm more interested in their their running back stable than I am their wide receiver stable for for sure. Okay, DeAndre Hopkins is suspended six games. Might get appealed four games. Where do you guys sit on the Rondale Moore Hollywood? Because that's one I've been mentally debating. Because I think one of those guys in Arizona could pop off. And there's a small part of me, though, Hollywood and Kyler have that predetermined connection. I love the potential of guy of like the smaller gadget guys. I love the potential of a guy like Rondale Moore. I love the potential of a guy like Kadarius Tony, who I think Kenny Galladay has been passed up as the number one guy. I'm looking at Wandale Robinson, the rookie on the Giants. Like the Giants, I look at the Giants wide receiver room. I think they're, I look at these teams that are, why is Brandon Cooks always so valuable? Because their teams are always in garbage time. They're always playing down. And Brandon Cooks could go into the third quarter. He's got three for 48. And you're sitting there, he goes, ugh. He's got 7.8 points again. And next thing you know, he gets four or five receptions in the last you know quarter. And he's got like 10 for 98. I mean, he'll likely be a wide receiver one this year, like at, just because he's going to get so much volume. Like he's just, he's got a mind meld with Davis Mills already. And I'm Josh, I'm finally, I'm finally on board with it. 
because he's a, he's the best. He's probably the, he might be the best player they have. <laughs> Brandon like, Cooks. Yeah, he's excellent. Brandon Cooks yeah. is an excellent wide receiver, man. He's really good. Like I, he went, especially if you're in a PPR league. Brandon Cooks, like if you if he drops and you can pick him as your second or third wide receiver, like that's Chef's kiss right there. That's you're you're getting awesome value. For a guy that's been moved so much, think about all the times he's been traded for like a first to the Pats, the Rams. Like he's got value. And there's a reason he's not as old as we think he is. He's just been around a long time. The Texans mm-hmm. have kept him there. He is the clear cut number one. And I, I, you know, on that team, if you're looking at the bad teams and looking at these teams and go, okay, who can I capitalize on garbage time? And who's a person that I can maybe be weary of that I think can jump off the page that people are going to overlook them because they play for a dog doo doo team. Like who, who do, who do I look, who could I get on the Seahawks? Is like a Rashad Penny a guy I could get later in the draft that I think could pop off because people are going to overlook them because I think the Seahawks are terrible? Yeah. Like yeah, and Chris Carson just retired too. So, I mean, he's going to get a lot more touches. It's a two-horse uh, race. I've been seeing a lot of love for Christian Kirk on the Jags because he's now the premier wide receiver there. But I'm not sure if I'm buying into that yet just because – Trevor Lawrence, I just don't know if he's good enough, and I don't know that they have the system in place to get a wide receiver that much volume. Like, mm-hmm. if you're drafting Kirk, then it's it's got to be a PPR where it's like, all right, you're counting on him to get at least eight receptions a game. But are those eight receptions going to be 150 yards, or are they going to be 70 yards, 80 sure. yards? You know, sure. Well, it's, and like, it's also a, it's a wide receiver that's never won who's being paid to be their wide receiver one right now but he has no previous track record that should give you the trust to, to put him in that, that position, especially with a quarterback who's in his sophomore year, who could find any target, right. That he, that he likes and, and start to just rely on that person again and again and again. I mean, they, they still, uh, who was the tight end they traded for last year? When Evan, they, they got, they have, they have Evan Ingram they, now. They got Evan Ingram. Do they still have Dan Arnold too? Who's not uh, a bad second tight end. No, but he's not. He's, they have, they have, uh, Marvin Ed Jones, Dan, they have LaVisca. Chenault, James Robinson's going to be ready week one, they just said today. Like, I, I, in again, devil's advocate to my point about who can I vulture on a bad team. I don't know what that team looks like. Whereas the Giants, first of all, they have a head coach coming in who, yeah, won a Super Bowl, but his last didn't in Philadelphia. He was kicked out. Like, the Giants have Dabble coming in. He was fantastic. I'm not saying Daniel Jones is going to be great, but he's fan, he was fantastic for the Bills. Ryan Dabble. Then you have Mike Kafka coming in. He was the passing game coordinator for the Chiefs. Like that offense at least is looking to fly. And they're going to get the most out of Danny Dimes. Saquon's fully healthy. I don't think the Giants are going to be necessarily good. But I think from a fantasy standpoint, like Kadarius Tony showed potential last year in a couple games. He had that one game where he popped off like what, 10 for 8, 189 or something ridiculous like that. He had one game where he absolutely exploded. On the bad rosters, like the Jets are interesting. Is it Elijah Moore? Corey Davis is like a late, late, late round guy that you can stash. But Elijah Moore, you know, I, I think Chris Olave is going to pop for rookies if you're in yep. keeper leagues. Like I'm also in a couple keeper leagues where I'm like, okay, the guys kept just Justin Jefferson for a fifth round value. I'm keeping CeeDee Lamb for a fourth round value. Jamar Chase is getting kept for a fifth round value. I also play a little bit like that. Like, who can I get later? 
that I'm going to have the potential to keep down the line. You've got big stock on Judy Island too, right? Why would I think you not? Jerry, I think Jerry Judy is going to have a huge year with Russell Wilson here, and he's fully healthy now. I mean, he had a good year last year. When he was where, healthy. When he was healthy, yeah. I mean, he he's a great receiver. I mean, we were really high on him when he got drafted. My we favorite receiver him. coming out of that draft. We loved him. I do think that Alave, though, might be the best receiver in terms of fantasy numbers that got drafted this year, just based off of the system he's in, Michael Thomas coming back, and James Wilson coming back healthy, too. A lot of people are really high on James to have a big year. Yeah, I mean, look, James Winston was 14 touchdowns, like three picks or something like that before he went out last year. Like, that offense, Juice is there, but he's an older guy. Like people are high on George Pickens, but you still have the the younger Clay, who is a, who's a talent, he's NFL sick. young boy. Yeah, he's sick. I mean, yeah, I mean, you could get a wide receiver anywhere as long as they fit. I mean, look at how many good second round wide receivers you know there are. I there's another guy. I don't. I can't see myself drafting putting stock into AJ Brown as my wide receiver one. How do you guys feel about that? Would you, if he was your wide receiver one, how comfortable would I mean? I know you'd have to look at the rest of your roster, but how Sorry, comfortable AJ? AJ Brown, yeah. How comfortable I like would it. Be? I like it. He's always in in my eyes been a top tier wide receiver. I just think that he got hurt again last year as well. And I think maybe Tannehill just wasn't that great. I mean, sure, he was a game manager and he fit in their offense and they won they won games and but they've got a lot of guys to rely on. Derrick Henry just feed him the ball and that helps your offense immensely, opens up a lot of holes, and then when you decide to pass it, then your receivers are open. But yeah, I just with a, with a healthy AJ Brown and a mobile quarterback who can get out of the pocket and improvise, like Jalen Hurts, I think that AJ could definitely make some some big leaps and bounds this year. I I like him as a two. I don't I don't if I'm looking at my roster and he's my wide receiver one, I'm not happy with it. The reason being is yes, Jalen Hurts can improvise and he can open plays for AJ Brown, who's fantastic after the catch, but they run the ball a lot in Philadelphia. And Jalen Hurts runs the ball a lot. And there's it's a more talented uh arsenal of weapons at his disposal as opposed to being the only guy that really was on that Titans team. Oh yeah, because, it's a great point. God- Goddard is going to be, I think, a, a top seven tight end this this year, and po- possibly higher. I'd like to say top five because I think he has that talent. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just a lot of other good tight ends out there. They still have Devonta Smith, right? Who they drafted with the first round pick, and yeah. and they have if Miles Sand and they they're going to have running backs that are getting involved as well because Jalen Hurts likes to dump it off to the running back too. So I just. It's tough because I don't know how many how many pass attempts Jalen Hurts is going to average. Like last year, I feel like he was probably like around twenty five a game, which mm-hmm. not a lot. Like between twenty and twenty five, he didn't throw the ball a lot. So that, I mean, they could make a change, especially later in the the second half of the season, where when they needed to win games, they really relied on running the football, and that's where he thrives. That's why he's a top five quarterback in fantasy, and and will be as long as he has the job there in Philadelphia. So I. It's not. It has nothing to do with the talent because I think like I'm I'm right there with you, Nick. I lo- I love AJ Brown as a player. I just as a wide receiver one, I'm I'm kind of I feel a little shaky about it. As a wide receiver two, I mean it's just, with that level of talent, he's gonna have games where he pops off, and of course then you're just yeah you know, you're looking for those big games from wide receiver two, wide receiver three. I feel the same way about Deontay Johnson and Terry McLaurin as the way you're describing AJ Brown. Mike Evans can Mike Evans CD could be my number one, and I could be okay with it. I would love to have them as my number. Love to have them as my number two receiver, but I could be okay with it, especially if my running backs are strong. 
quickly, Zeke, Chubb, obviously with the Deshaun Watson in suspension. Obviously, Cream Hunt's there. Zeke had Zeke goes for will go for a K, but how many times is he going to get in the end zone? You know, people are always you know seriously like fat shaming the poor guy. Where are you guys? It's true. Like, where are you guys going with Zeke? Where are you guys going with Chubb? At what point do you pull the trigger on those two? Chubb's a running back number one, in my opinion. I think that he goes as a top five pick in standard leagues. Uh, in the PPR league, maybe he falls a little bit lower just because wide receivers jump in there. Um, in terms of Zeke, though, I'm very cautious just because I think Tony Pollard is going to get a lot of carries this year. It seems like they've already started to kind of transition Tony Pollard and Zeke into a committee backfield. Okay. So I don't necessarily know if Zeke even gets more than 15 carries per game this season. Toss? I'm not, it's it's so tough. I mean, I I agree with Nick, but I also think that like Zeke is a better pass catcher than Nick Chubb is. He's utilized more in the passing game than Nick Chubb is. And if you're in a half point, I still think he's he's a I I'm hoping he falls in drafts because I do want him because I think he's still a talented running back that the the Cowboys don't pay a guy like that unless they're going to use him as a focal point of the offense and they can to pay this guy. So I, I have to trust that they're going to continue to utilize him as well. Um, so mm-hmm. I'd, I'd love him as my running back too, for sure. He, mm-hmm. If either one of them are your running back too, like you're in a good spot. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I mean, if Chubb is your running back too, you're in a great spot. In my in a great spot because that, yeah. that means that means that you got like Dalvin or Derrick Henry or Eckler or McCaffrey. Or I think Jonathan he could Taylor. fall in a lot of drafts just because he doesn't catch a lot of passes. I think it's very possible. And people are spooked about the quarterback situation over there. I'm glad you brought up Dalvin and Eckler. I will just real quick before we go off, thumbs up, thumbs down. Is Joe Mixon an RB one? Thumbs up if he's an RB one. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Great. Yeah. Okay. I think he's, yeah, Joe Mixon's good. But on the back end. Sure. Yeah. I think it's a great add in. All right. We're the charity stripe fans out there. Drag both feet inbound, swinging a full count, rip that puck, hit that putt. Hit your PKs because they're free. Hit your free throws. Why, guys? Because they're free. Because they're free. We outro. We love ya. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.